You have references. <laughs> that could have been my whole starting point because it, I started to riff yeah. on the fact that you have references. I'd like to see your references, by the way. I don't believe I've ever had a chance to see them, and uh, I don't think I can be held uh, as having signed any kind of contract whatsoever without seeing your references. I see. Yes. So here we are, comfortably late, because Bill got up at what time? 8.30? Yeah, about uh, 8.30. About 8.30. Well, I mean, my alarm went off at 7, and I do remember that. I was fully awakened. But then I saw my little my little side pillow sitting there, and I was like, I think I'm going to grab this and just roll over and just see what happens if I'm on my right side, see if my hip starts to hurt, because, you know, I recognized that I was at the point where I should be taking my medications. That's what the 7 o'clock alarm is about, all about. And uh, I got myself a cup of coffee here, and I'm going to take me a sip. Isn't this an interesting story? Aren't you glad I'm taking us here <laughs> on this ah, particular Saturday? Um, but uh, as I was laying there on my side, all I could think of was, It's <laughs> 9.34 a.m. Saturday, August the 19th, 2023. I'm Bill. I'm Diane. It's the Bill and Diane. It's you. <laughs> Took me a minute to find the note there. Yeah, I was, yeah. I was thinking, wait a minute, where you are know, you? You know, why, you know why that is, Diane? I don't <laughs> sing very much anymore. Oh. I don't sing. I do. Well, I mean, I sing, but I sing, you know, I annoy you by humming a, a tune that we heard in the grocery store. And well, it's just that you... These things just get stuck in my head, and I just start I just start but doing them. But you just do one snatch of I know, but because the part that I found song. interesting, or the part that I was alone enough in the moment to hear. And then cut, it goes on the, and on and on. It's always interesting in my head, Diane. It's only until someone alerts me to the fact that it's annoying out here where other people live that that I have to change my behavior. Otherwise, I'm just kind of on a loop. It's weird. And this morning it was, Hey there, Georgie girl, running down the street so fancy free. You know. I don't know. But it's all right. It's all right. Yeah, these, these, are the, these are the remnants of a life lived in music. Now it's just the music of words. The music of words. If you look down below this square, there's a thing on my page, if you're on my page, called What is Poetry? And I got completely lost in that video when I played it. And it looks like some guy standing in front of, of a bookshelf uh, telling you some very things. But it's illustrated well. There's a lot of cutaways to other images. It's an interesting video, and it's true. It is about the very beginnings of poetry, which predate written language. So check that out if you got a minute or 20. Anyway, look at this. I'm cross-promoing. This is called cross-promoing. It is? Yes. I see. It's like if I start talking about the poetry break, which I happen to mention every week because it's a paid endorsement uh, situation for the Bill and Diane show. (laughs) Um, Where we pay them, or no, they pay us to endorse their product. Anyway, (laughs) was I telling a story or was I done with the story? I have no idea. It's, uh, I think it's, uh, I think it's been kind of a, what has it been? It's been a mentally hectic 
uh, week here in Lake Abundance, at least in my life. Over to you. Hmm, what has this week been for me? Really? You haven't thought about it until just this moment? No, it's just that it's hard to describe. I know, I know, I know. I've We're had... in the midst of a, of a kind of a uh, f- quite freighted uh, period of life, wouldn't you say? Yeah, but... It's like every moment seems, seems uh, big, wide, deep, you know, tall, fat. I feel like I've had just a... plethora of wisdom being <laughs> funneled towards me or just this... experiential resonance of some kind of a of a uh, of a like sub give me a minute I'm gonna get this it's it's like an underground below consciousness level connection that is established and it feels like in a in a in a web of tiny little lines, this one is bold. You've, yeah. you've, you've actually linked up with a piece of our common consciousness with several different people from completely different parts of life and stuff yeah. like that. And, and I've watched this happen, Diane. You are not mistaken. You are not deluding yourself. Of course, I've been living in the fairy dust for you know, 15 years now. So I, my, how much can anybody trust my perspective? But what I would say is that these things that seem magical to you are magical. I'm, I, from my perspective, as a not totally objective uh, perceiver, I must admit, I say this is, I am used to this now. And I think the reason that you keep receiving this is because you are constantly astonished by it. And your astonishment is a is a limitless resource for you. You will always be astonished and express your astonishment as part of your experience of it. And that's what keeps it coming. So don't forget to be well, astonished. I've, I've been listening to a lot of Bruce Coburn this week and I would have uh, suggested another song by him or several. Why didn't you? Um, God, there's so many. But one of the songs that I've been listening to a great deal this week is Love Song. And um, I think it's a love song towards the holy, not right. towards any person. Yeah. And I love the, the first line, which is, in the place my wonder comes from. There I find you. Yeah. That is an amazing line. It's true. Because it's the wonderment of life that is so uh, holy. Divine, I think. Yeah. The only one that I've been thinking of is fascist architecture. Yeah. Well, He's that's... He's got great titles. He know. does so many wonderful songs. We had to choose another one because we did Bruce Coburn last week. I think we could have done a series of Bruce Coburns, man. The guy... Uh, talk about prolific. I mean, come well, on. Well, another one that I've been listening to is Joy Will Find uh, a Way. Yeah. I love that song. That's a good one. But anyway... Yeah. Um... I'm going to get the practical things that happened this way this week out of the way because um, because I have a story uh, of this wonderment that I'd like to tell without but it's it happened at the beginning of the week and um, and some of these other things happened later so 
I, uh, I have now uh, had my surgery scheduled, my second surgery for the lymph nodes called an axillary lymph node dissection. Ooh. And it's also going to be done with a reconstructive surgeon that will uh, attach the, the lymph vessels that, are, that won't have anything to dump into, so to speak, when the lymph nodes leave, into a vein to help me um, not have a particular uh, very trying circumstance called lymphedema. Where your arm swells up. Where your arm swells up. And there's a lot of problems with lymphedema. And yeah. so this has been shown to reduce the, uh, the chances of, chance of that quite yeah. a, by quite a bit. Yeah, it's, what, it's amazing <laughs> what, what they do. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, so I have that all scheduled. Um, and I had met with the reconstructive surgeon uh, this week to talk about it. Found out that... I mean, very interestingly, that there is no risk to that surgery, none. The only risk from the surgery is the surgery itself for the lymph nodes. So the other thing I did this week is I spoke to uh, a integrative medicine counselor uh, at the Fred Hutch, and that was really powerful for me because she sent me a, a... resources galore uh, of how to deal with some of these these things not replacing the medical field that you're you're in but uh, augmenting it through massage acupuncture good diet um, various means of exercise she also sent a really wonderful site um, about a wellness um, retreat that is specifically for people who are going through cancer or, or on the journey in some way and their um, and their partners and it's down in Union which, which uh, Washington which is around Hoodsport I think which was a really wonderful thing so those were my my appointments for the week but before all that happened um, I had when I first got together with Bill, I had pursued this thing called stepmom coaching with a woman who did it uh, online with me. Um, it wasn't before you. Oh, no, it's just on phone, I guess, just by phone. Uh, because there were a lot of things that, that concerned me about being in a situation where I was entering a family. I, I had read a lot about... Uh, people having great difficulties, especially when the children were teenagers. And I did not want to be uh, I did not want to take a misstep because of insensitivity or uh, and, and just wanted to kind of do this and uh, this counseling because the the woman who was doing it had written a book that I had read. She was a person who had been a stepdaughter, and now she's a stepmother, and she had a lot of interesting perspectives, and it was a wonderful, wonderful coaching. Yeah. Um, really helped me. And this was when? 
Uh, it was after we were married. Right. Um, so 2010 or something like that? Yeah, a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, she and I have stayed in, in loose contact on Facebook, and she saw that, uh, saw my posts about having breast cancer and told me that she had the same kind of breast cancer and would love to talk to me about about it. So I contacted her and asked her whether I would be able to, to talk to her and uh, because I really appreciated the offer and, and she called me. And we had a marvelous conversation in which she gave me a lot, a lot of information, particularly about going through chemotherapy. Um, because there is a great chance, I think, that I might have to go through chemotherapy. It used to be a, a smaller chance. Now I think it's a greater chance now that they've found uh, cancer in my lymph nodes. And so she gave me a lot of practical advice, but a lot of advice about how to handle it mentally and spiritually. Because she'd gone through chemo. And, yes, yeah. she had she had the same kind of cancer I had, and they actually, in her case, did chemotherapy before she had surgery, wow. which was, uh, man. Only to reduce or define the margins of the Yeah, I'm, wow. I'm really wow. happy that I didn't have to go through chemotherapy before. Yeah. Anyway, as, in the course of conversation, she told me this story that happened to her when she was in the the hardest days of chemotherapy and she said she didn't know whether it was a hallucination or a vision or a dream but in her mind's eye she was uh in the underworld sitting on a, a on rocks and surrounded by lava and in her hands she had beams of light in both hands that she was defending herself against the cancer cells and while she was in this state um, she still had her eyes closed to the to the people around her but her daughter came into the room and she sensed her daughter's presence, even though she never opened her eyes, and she said that her daughter reported after the fact that she had said to her daughter, I'm in the underworld, but don't worry, I will come back with the gift. And I was so moved by that because I, first of all, thought of Joseph Campbell and the whole idea of the hero's journey, which is to go down into some experience and then to come back and share it, to have the gift. And um, so we talked about that a little bit. She said that she actually wears a bracelet uh, to this day that is, this, her, uh, her episode with cancer happened at the beginning of the pandemic, just for, for timeline purposes and she still wears to this day a bracelet that has lava um, rocks not obsidian but the more porous lava and 
I was quite amazed by this story. And as we continue to talk, I, I know that this woman cares about me, but she is not exactly a friend. She was a coach. So I said, you know, I would so appreciate it if I could have some coaching sessions with you about cancer related topics and or just be able to call her while you're going yeah and i said i i would be willing to pay you for it you know pay you for coaching sessions she paused for a minute and said hmm she said i don't think i could charge you for talking to you about cancer but i'll tell you what if you will make me a a collage because she always loved my collages that with the theme forged by fire in the underworld i will see that as my recompense and um and you don't have to do it now you could do it five years from now i just want i would like you to to create a collage about that well the interesting thing about that is I haven't done new collages for a long time and part of the reason why I haven't is because my collages are purely driven by spirit they are not I do not view them as art I I know that people find them artistic but um, but for me they're messages and they're messages to me from some other place and uh, I have some done some very randomly and some very deliberately, um, but they always still have a message for me in the composition of them. And I was really struck by not only the story that that uh, my once my erstwhile coach had once given me, but um, but also by the fact that she said that by coming out of that experience that she felt like she was burnished. I really thought that was an interesting word. She said, I'm not the same person that I was when I first started this. She said, I think a lot of times when people go through this, they feel like um, somehow they have, uh, they're just going to go back to normal. And so I, I instantly was fascinated by this by this assignment yeah. by by my once coach and after i got off the phone with her i instantly started looking up images the way that i've been doing collages for the last few times is i look for images um and uh, online and i usually pay for the image in some way you know from the artist or whatever yeah. and then i take pictures of those scan them or whatever and and print them out on fairly heavy photo paper which works really well for the paste up and usually like when i was doing cats collage i would say it took me about three or four months to gather the images um to find the ones that represented things the way I wanted them. Um, but the, with this one, I found the the central images, of the idea of a woman who was um, sitting on a rock or, you know, being in rock uh, surrounded by lava. I found that one 
that day. And it was such a powerful image. And it came to me so quickly. And uh, I just felt like, how did that happen? You know, that was, and I found the, the picture just for the lava. But um, after I, uh, after I found them, I went back to a book that I've been reading that is uh, a book that one of my friends, Kathy, had recommended to me. It's called The Five Invitations, and it's by the Zen master who created the Zen Hospice Project in San Francisco. And, um, and it's just a marvelous book. We've been listening to it together uh, on Audible, uh, read by the author. And I'm also reading it on Scribd. Yeah, and I'm, I'm reading it too. I, I first started reading it on Scribd, and I just thought, oh my gosh, I've got to share this with Bill, because it's just, it's such a wonderful book. It's because he works with the dying, he feels like, like death can be a teacher if you ask for how to live, and he's bringing up certain topics. So... I found those two images and I was really still saturated with the conversation that I'd had with my um, my coach and I turned the page and found this this one paragraph in the five invitations I was reminded of the old Sumerian myth of Queen Inanna's descent to the underworld, the metaphorical image of the deep unconscious. It is the story of an archetypal journey to wholeness, which involves her embracing her dark shadowy side and shedding the trappings of her former self and gaining essential insight into death in order to eventually return with a fuller appreciation of the cycle of life. She begins dressed in fine robes and wearing the crown of a heavenly god. On the way to the underworld, she passes through seven gates. At each gate, she is required to relinquish her symbols of power, a gold ring, her breastplate, the lapis scepter, until she is left bare. And I was just like, oh my gosh. That is, that is what... That's the same story. That's the same story. And especially because... When you think about a cancer journey, you are giving up your symbols of power. Yeah. And in fact, with any any disease, especially any, any dis- major surgery, certainly any major surgery, any I think MS, MS chronic um, disease, yeah. any chronic disease, you're you're watching, you know, you're giving up your symbols of power. Like for example, for you, you've given up your your ability to play music that was a symbol of your power you know and i just found that so fascinating so i started reading more about this uh this goddess in uh inanna also she known was, as ishtar right she's also known as ishtar in different it's a very ancient story right. it's uh i feel like it was like 3000 bc I mean, I actually the need Sumerians. to... Yeah, it's even earlier than I thought. 
So it's very ancient, 4000 BCE to 3100 BCE. So it is, you know, very, very ancient. And I just found it such a interesting story because she had to go into the underworld and she was there three days and three nights. Um, and it's uh, fascinating. Hmm. So as I was looking at that, then I had an entirely different view for what my collage was going to be about. And then I found all the images, yeah. uh, just like... Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. I've got all the images now. All I have to... Well, I haven't received them yet, but they're, they're all in order. Can you see it in your head? I can see it in my head, pretty much. Yeah. So it's done. So uh, as soon as I get them, and I'll play around with them and see if it works the way I'm hoping it will. Yeah. And anyway, I haven't done a collage in a long time. I... But the main thing that my coach had been telling me is that you want to have representations of something that you're going through around you. Yeah. And uh, she told me some of the things that she had used. Um, she had somebody, uh, a friend of hers had done a painting that said hope amidst apprehension. She had some various uh, representations of Kuan Yin, the goddess of compassion, um, so it just really struck me that this story is now in my head. So if I am going to go through chemotherapy, I'm going to be thinking about chemotherapy, you know, losing my hair as losing a, a part of my power, you know, losing the things that I'm losing as this descent into the underworld with the purpose of coming back to understand the cycles of life, you know. I just love that. And I think that it helps so much to make you less afraid when you have a spiritual content of what's happening. Yeah. And I, mean, I think... Or, a, or a, even just a pictorial representation um, of what it really is to the spirit. I just think it's, it's important to have those kind of things around you. It's an amazing, amazing story we're living through. And I feel like uh, if we become too attached to everything here and think, oh my gosh, this is so scary. Well, everything is unknown territory at some point in our lives. I think about our entry into this world and how as a baby you're just so... Um, unable to do anything for yourself. That's got to be, although I don't think you're scared when you're a baby because things just are happening. But, but maybe you were scared as a baby. I have no idea. I don't remember it, you know. So, and each step that you take along the way, it has this um, unknown quality about it. And then as we get to be adults, I think we feel a little bit more like we're up and running but we still always are going through scary things so anyway that's the the content of my week has been thinking about that powerful story that was almost just i think she 
I wonder if she tells this all the time to people. She probably does if she's talking to... She works as a motivational speaker. But I love that that concept of having that story in my mind. Right. right. Wow. But as I was listening to that story too, and knowing that Inanna and Ishtar are the same, the name for the same goddess, but different uh, areas of... Uh, I mean, different geographic areas? Yeah, ge different geographic areas. Mm -hmm. it, it made me think about this chant that I had heard on the Robert Gass chant. Uh, he did lots of chant albums and my favorite one was this one called ancient mother and uh and in the the long list of goddess names both inanna and ishtar were in that and i had never known who they were until now some of the other ones i knew i know diana of course and um, I know Astarte, Astarte yeah. which, but it's interesting to learn that that Astarte actually was somewhat formed from Inanna Ishtar. So it's, uh, I don't know, it's fascinating. And it really made me think a lot about um, how did the goddesses get so erased from you know, how did it become that only the masculine has the ability to have the deity. I know that a lot of people will say uh, God is has no gender. I say that. I don't think that God has a gender in my situation. I feel, I personally feel like gender is here, where we're in the world of yes, no, black, white. Yeah. And it's, you the know, world of opposites. some people... People believe that God can be vengeful and angry, that's the masculine, but that God loves us and has us and holds us, will keep us, that's the right. feminine. You know? And I don't know, I sometimes wonder how people can believe in one God that's both of those things. You know? Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty interesting to think about, uh, because in, uh, when I was writing the fairy tale that I was writing, that was, I wanted to have a cosmology that was going to be a part of this fairy world that, that the main character was going to be taken to. And in my fairy tale, the, fair, the land of the fairies was, um, was more based on the goddess. And when, the, when there, were no, there was no reverence or, or caring for the feminine in this world, they had the ability to, uh, they, it's because they were able to play with light, almost like a physical thing, they were able to make themselves disappear to the uh, to this kind they of a world. Cloaking devices. They yeah, had, cloaking devices. They had invisibility device. cloaks. They had, uh, but there was this whole thing that I wrote almost in a trance state about how the world was brought into being by the love of the god to the goddess and and really for me i feel like 
there's the unity and then when you're in the pairing of the the world then it falls into masculine feminine hard soft you know the the whole all those things but if you say there you know we are saying there that it's not only um, that there aren't any goddesses but that anybody who even talks about a goddess is evil and then only a masculine god which women cannot worship they have to stay in the back and you know let the men worship we're the ones and you have, have to have come. their heads covered you have to come through to god through us you can't go directly to god you know that's a as i was older you know when i was a kid i was very much in the um in my church and all yeah, that yeah. but it was as i got older that i recognized that there really wasn't even room for a woman in a church and that was very strange to me so um it's really interesting because i think about those sorts of things quite often how did these things happen throughout history that because i don't believe those things are divinely inspired i think those are man-made yeah. literally yeah. um to to uh, to assert power i agree and i would say you know if you ask me i would have a much shorter answer i would say that's some bullshit yeah. <laughs> bullshit. sorry for the uh, for the language yeah there. and i don't even in my own parlance in my mind i don't even think of god as a goddess i think of i mean if i had to say what god was i would call i wouldn't say he or she i'd say it you know i because i have no ability to imagine the totality of all the energy that is I think God is this it. coffee table and the chair I'm in and, yeah. and our beautiful house and the whole outside, you know, that's church. We're in it all the time. Yeah. And we participate in it. We are interactive with it because on a molecular level we're exchanging molecules with the table and the chair and stuff all the time. Nonetheless, I've been very um, moved by this. And once again, it's mythology, right? The the ability to use stories to help you come through right. in your life in some way. And I'm so appreciative of this story of Inanna. Well, I mean, and and it, 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 to be able to feel it in your body, I mean, it's got healing power because it gives you rest. It makes you feel at peace. It you know, allows yeah. you to to save your energies that would be spent in anxiety or stress or worry or, you know, dark thoughts. Uh, you know, it saves you from all of that. It gives you a, a better chance of surviving because your body is ready to, to engage and defend. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's weird. But these things, I think, do affect us uh, more and more as we're older because we know more about them. They have sunk deeper into our consciousness because we have been fascinated by them for a longer period of time. When I think about my feelings about poetry right now in my life as opposed to 
back in my 20s and 30s when I was actively writing it and reading it just like I am now but it didn't I wasn't so full of it as I am now you know and now I feel like I talk about poetry with a, a degree of confidence that sometimes surprises me yeah because you know like where how do I get where do I get off saying that this is true or that is true well, it's happened to me enough times, and I've seen it happen to other people enough times to where I know that it happens. So that's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about... Pardon me, I'm going to have another drink of coffee. ...what somebody at Princeton or Harvard would say. You, uh, boy. And I don't know anything about... It's good coffee. The, ...the mechanics of it. I just know what works for me. And I've had a lot of experience in what works for me, and so that's what I'm talking about. And yeah, I think that's man. what... The guy on this video that I was talking about, uh, it's a... It's a very interesting approach because it starts at the beginning. You know, poetry existed before there was written language, and that's why it's an oral art form. Well, the thing that is so fascinating to me about the poems that that I send into you a lot of times, um, the poems by Mary Oliver particularly. I can't read them without crying while I'm reading them. And I feel like, how is this, that this, the way that she expressed this, this particular thing, affects me so much that it just moves me to tears. And every time that I've read some of these Mary Oliver poems to friends, I'll always apologize that I'm crying while I'm reading them. And they always go, no, no, because they're crying by the time I've read the poetry to them. And, and in, in fact, I feel like it's a transference of emotion from one person to another. I'm sure that Mary Oliver felt emotion to write the poetry uh, when she wrote it. And, you know, something that was pushing that into her, her thoughts. But um, she's the one that I almost always cry when I love her poetry. It's, I can't I've had that it. same experience, yeah. She's really good. She's really good. But I'll tell you, poetry and mythology, it is, it's my salvation right now. And I've, I know it because I feel the the power of, just as I was saying about looking at myself in the mirror when I first came out of surgery and having the there goes the fender immediately come into my head and um, having all these things that are in my consciousness. Yeah. And for example, the, the poem Heavy by Mary Oliver, yeah. I, I'm always thinking about it's all the way you carry it, all the way you balance it, books, bricks, grief you know I, I feel like yeah I, I you know you start having these snatches that are in your mind I mean ever since I was a kid I've had the the poem if in my mind if you can keep your head when all about you if you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you when I was a kid, it was just something my dad recited. But as I start going through my life, that particular phrase was always going through my mind, you know, because it seemed like that 
was happening all the time. <laughs> when all about you were losing theirs and blaming it on you. Anyway. But we had a particularly long uh, conversation last time, and I think we should be shorter this time. Oh, I see. Well, I know nothing about the music you've chosen. So, is it the chant? Yeah, it's oh, the chant. God. I yeah. was hoping it would be. Well, hoping. it's not for everybody, but boy, I really, I really like it. It's a nice. I don't piece know. Of music. It's it's a chant, yeah. and uh, it's so Robert Gass actually was uh, sort of a, a inspirational speaker, I think, and he also uh, had been interested in classical music and arrangements and. And he started doing these uh, different chant albums. And personally, I do like chants because yeah, I, I when I was young, my parents had uh, this marvelous uh, series of chants that were from a Gregorian chapel. Right. And I used I to love to listen to that. Yeah, I've had I've listened to those too. But there's the the wonderful thing about chants, um, and I really love some of the chants on some of his other albums, is that they are giving you a chance to almost fall into a medita meditative state. Because there isn't a lot, it's just repetitive. It's just going over and over and over, but it's still beautiful sonically, you know. But it is something that you can be immersed in without feeling like you're waiting for what's next because you know what's next, although it's going to slightly change in variation of what they do with it. But you know the words are going to be the same and all that. But this, uh, I've loved this chant for decades. I used to listen to it much more than I have in recent history, but with this new um, Inanna Ishtar focus, um, I, I realized that both those names were in the, the so long you're, list. You're like a living uh, uh, card catalog or something. You, you're, because you, everything that comes into your life, you have a bunch of references back in your history <laughs> that you can bring call up and bring back and reuse and reform and and cause them to work deeper into your into your uh, whole whatever <laughs> of everything i'm waving my arms around the room right now people i just in case because it's you know i don't understand how you are which is makes it kind of fun to live here which Thank takes you. us back to the beginning that you want to see my references. Yes, exactly. I've seen them. I approve. You're hired. Pleasure doing business with you. We're shaking hands. <laughs> Thank you.